morning, in the few moments that I am able to share with you, um, and I, I just want to say from the start that I'm, uh, it's uh, quite an emotional morning for me. I walked in the, in the door and realized it was the last time uh, before the first service, and I had a plethora of thoughts and emotions that swept over, and I decided that I'm not going to uh, say anything about what's, what I'm feeling until this evening, so that we'll just uh, communicate one time uh, some of the things that uh, are hard to say this morning. So I want to share with you on passing the baton. I'm not interested in talking about the past. I'm very interested in talking about the future this morning because I believe the, the future of People's Church is as bright as the promises of God. And we believe God has got good things ahead for us. <clears throat> this is an unusual time of transition for our church family. And as the Holy Spirit began to prepare several years ago, Bonnie and I, for this moment, we began to contemplate what that would look like, what it could mean, and we began to ask the Spirit to give step-by-step -step guidance. I believe He's provided that. I believe that He has shown us what to do, and um, I believe that passing the baton in full stride is better than passing a cane when you're broke down and there's nothing left to offer. So that's the word that the Lord gave us. So we, uh, as you observe uh, how change happens in the Bible, you're mindful of Abraham passing direction to Isaac, his son. Moses gathered um, Joshua and began to talk to him about the future. And we know that Saul passed on to David, to David onto his son Solomon, and uh, Jesus gathered the disciples around him and mentored them and then told them to go and touch others, and they did, and uh, the result was uh, church elders being formed and coming forth to impact the world, and we today are in the uh, jet stream of that anointing as we go forward, and although my particular assignment is not easy this morning. I do want to share some things on my heart that I believe are born by the Spirit's insight. And uh, <clears throat> I do want to say to everyone that the future of this church is largely in your hands. Um, as New Testament believers, there's a partnership. God's ready to move. He's ready to do, and the people of God must be willing to say, I'm in. I'm with you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to yield my strength and my partnership, and that's why I say God has got great things ahead. You know, um, I, uh, back uh, several years, 18 years ago, we had our 50th anniversary here. Many of you were present for that, and um, although I was a new guy here, we had desired to invite everyone who was living who was a pastor of this church to come, and we wanted to honor them and hear their heart and so forth. I'll never forget Brother Phillips, who was the founding pastor, and he stood behind the pulpit, and he was trembling, late in age, still the fire of God uh, burning in him to see things happen. Sister Versalinko was present and shared from her heart why the work of God was so important. Um, 
Sister Marchese was here and shared from her heart on a banquet uh, how important uh, God's presence and his power was. Um, Brother Jacobson was here and shared, and of course, Brother, uh, Brother Denny Davis, beloved Pastor Denny Davis was here. He's been back several times since to share and remains a very dear friend of People's Church and many of you I know. And um, God used all of them in unique ways to chart the future and to bless the people. And you and I are here standing on the shoulders of others who have faithfully led. And so as we think of tomorrow, as we think of the future, I want to share four important realities with you. As we look to that future, let us, first of all, be known by what you flee from. Let's be known by what we flee from. All of us can tell the world is seeking to herd everyone into the same bucket, into the same panel, into the same attitude, into the same opinion, that everyone speaks the same way, everyone talks the same way, everyone has all kinds of ideas about uh, gender, and I could go on and on, and we, we know that the world is pushing one theme. And so as we are mindful of that, we can either say, okay, everyone goes this direction, let's move, or we can say, wait a minute, that's not what the Bible tells me to do. Let's follow what God's Word says. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 said, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is only what's, what you should do in light of his mercy. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That deals with here. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the adjusting of your mind to think kingdom realities versus what the world is wanting you to drink the Kool-Aid. Now, <clears throat> then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So our single passion is to love Jesus and to follow God with a desire every day to honor him. Amen? That's what we're going to do. We're going to flee from other things that just say, let's not go with a God. Let's, just, let's go with the world. Jesus said the, the road that leads to hell is broad and many are on that road. And the road that leads to life and peace is narrow. Let's be on that road. Amen? Now, to accomplish this goal, it will require keen sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We need to learn how to hear his voice, and I know that we do care about that in this fellowship. As a result of God's direction, we offer our lives daily to the Lord for his reasons, for his plans, for his purposes, because we are temples of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible tells us. So ungodly attitudes, hatred, animosity, uh, revenge, uh, frustration, all of these things are not kingdom values. The present world system, as you and I know, is broken. And the, the teaching of our children in the schools, sexual confusion and so forth in the fifth, in, in five years of age and so forth, you go, have they lost their ever-loving minds? And I could go on and on about different things that uh, are a concern to me. But instead of being a part of that, we are saying, no, we're transformed people. Our mind is thinking different, and it's only because it's proper to yield ourselves to the Lord in such a fashion. Jesus, 
Jesus has called us to flee from the thought systems of a world that is going towards hell in a hat box. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said these words to us. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Praise God. Flee from all that grieves the Holy Spirit. That's what we will be known by. I, th I thought um, we should all be passionate. I was, Bonnie and I had been here for under a year, and um, <clears throat> we were dealing with lots of different issues in the church. I mean, our first Sunday, we had 29 buckets throughout the church to try and collect the water because the, the, we had a holy roof. It was a holy house, but it was a holy roof, too, and lots of other things. But I'll never forget, there was a man sitting right over here on the outside one of the benches, and I, I was getting ready to come into the sanctuary to minister to the Word, the Word of God. And he said, young man, he looked at me kind of like, I'm not sure who you are, and I, I think I knew who he was, but he didn't know that I knew who he was. He said, young man, I need to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? If you were to die right now, would you go to heaven? And I go, yes, sir, I do know. He said, who are you? I've never seen you around here before. I said, I'm, I said, I'm your new pastor, Brother Pat. And uh, so anyway, praise God, we've all... We have to be known by what we flee from. But number two, we need to be known by what you follow after. You need to be known by what you follow after. People around you are watching. People around you are listening. They're listening to how you talk. They're watching how you react. They need to know, and they do know what's important to you. They can watch you and observe that. How evident is the love you have for Jesus to those around you. Are you a closet Christian? Are you a person that you wouldn't know who you are, or what you are, what you're standing for? We need to be known by what we follow after. Amen. It's quiet in the house, but I'll preach on. In uh, John chapter 12, I think just an amazing passage of scripture. There were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee with a request, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip said, went to, to tell Andrew, and Andrew to Philip in turn told Jesus. The world is intrigued by Jesus. Never forget, there's no one like him. People still intrigued highly. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds, and anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. In other words, there's a preference. We're living for the kingdom of God, and that's our highest, highest priority. Whoever serves me must follow me, Jesus said, and where I am, my servant also will be. Now notice this last part. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Jesus makes it very clear that you and I are to follow Jesus. Amen. And as we do, he will honor us 
and bless us. There are people in this house that God has colossal blessings waiting for as you pursue Jesus with all your heart. Just put, it, put that down in the back of your mind. Heavenly interest must be greater than our pursuit of earthly matters. How recently have, has Jesus heard you say, oh, Jesus, I love you. How often in the day does he hear you worship him? How often does he hear your voice? Oh, Jesus, I'm following after you with all my heart. Earthly things pale in comparison to the blessings of Christ, his anointing and power in our lives. May God help us. I, I uh, mentioned in the earlier service about uh, Jim McCauley and I were invited to the North African nation of Al, uh, Algeria seeking to establish the Assemblies of God there. There were people that were um, wanting to affiliate with the Spirit-filled group, and um, they were uh, different kinds of groups. There were five or six different ethnic groups there. And um, so we started honoring. We were trying to gather them together and, and establish the Assemblies of God of Algeria. And what happened was they told us, you can't do it unless you have a cemetery. I'm thinking, what does a cemetery have to do with building the church? And they told us that the cemetery is necessary because when you die, uh, if you're not Muslim, you can't be buried anywhere in the country unless you own a cemetery. So we, our first act as, uh, as New Testament leaders was to buy a plot uh, for, for the burial of the New Testament saints in Algeria. Not exactly what we expected, but today they are flourishing there, and uh, the kingdom of God is growing in power in a strange way. Death first, life is established on the top of that. Can you imagine? Anyway, <clears throat> as time unfolds, May we ever represent a family that's re reaching out to the broken, to those that don't know Christ as Savior. I'm, I marvel at the call of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them. And immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Following Jesus will be costly. It'll be costly because it may require you to leave family, and things behind that are familiar. Special days could be missed. Special gatherings, you won't maybe be able to be there. But when Jesus calls you, there's no greater joy than knowing you are going with him. And I wanna just invite you today to let the call of Jesus ruminate through your heart because it may require you to go across the street and share Jesus with someone in your neighborhood. It may require you to go to some foreign country, to some city that you've never been to before. Our new pastor and his wife have left a city and family that they're familiar with to follow the call of God. It's costly to follow the call of Jesus. But as Jesus went, the Bible tells us he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
And news about him spread through all Syria, and the people brought to him all that were ill with disease and severe pain, and the demon-possessed, and those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Jesus still wants to flow through people that will follow him fully. Will we be those people that will unashamedly lift the name of Jesus high everywhere we go? Let me try that again over here. Will we be the people that follow Jesus unashamedly and go forth? Thank you. These people over here are going with Jesus. Praise God. Amen. We'll give you another chance in a minute. Let's follow the one who's the way maker. Follow the one who is the door opener. Follow the one who holds the keys to every door you cannot open. He is bigger than any challenge you and I face. Thirdly, let's be known by what you fight for. By what you fight for. I just want to remind you we are a spirit-filled church, unashamed of the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He wants to work in people today in marvelous fashion. Amen. And over the years, I was just trying to count up uh, how many people, uh, best I can remember, several thousand have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit through these last 20 years of ministry. And I just want to say to you, this is a key for colossal victory and New Testament breakthrough in ministry. The miracles, the power of God on display. People desire and long for the presence of the Lord, and some, because they don't know how to manage, manage the things of the Spirit, they don't want anything to do with it. I just want to say, we are in the business of contending for an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is welcomed and honored as we go forth. And we're going to fight for that in the days ahead to believe God. Let me just illustrate how it works. In Acts chapter 10, or how he works, Acts chapter 10 verse 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. You see, they had thought that the New Testament power was just for the Jewish tribe. And now they're starting to realize God doesn't care who you came from and what nation you're from. He's going to do whatever he wants to do for everyone who believes. Anyway, but he accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached? Well, what was the, what's the result of this kind of focus? Magnifying Jesus and, and seeing what he would do. Let me just interject what happened on Sunday. A man who was here in the audience three times in the morning service because his son was part of the children's choir. He came to me at the end of one of the services. His face was like he had swallowed a light bulb. He was just all lit up and excited. He said, you know what happened this morning? He said, while I was worshiping Jesus, as everyone was singing, something happened inside of me. He said, I just began to speak in other tongues. I don't, I don't know how it happened. I don't know what, where it came from. He said, and I've just, I, 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 and he's, he's trying to explain, he's trying to tell me what's going on, and I'm excited because I know how he felt. When, when God starts moving in your life, you just go, well, how do you explain 
And he was, I said, just keep worship, just keep worshiping like that, keep developing that and watch what God will do in the days ahead. Well, anyway, what's the result of this, of this downpour in Acts chapter 10? While Peter, verse 44, is still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell, one version says, another version says, came on all who heard the message. And the circumcised believers that had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Praise God. What are you fighting for? What will you fight for? If you go to the Assemblies of God headquarters in Springfield, Missouri, you'll find in the missions, in the great missions uh, wall that's there and in, in the offices that are there, there's a picture of a man who stands at a gate his name is Calvin Anderson, I believe his last name is. And he's got his finger like this, and he's praying over the nation of Albania. At the juncture that he was standing there many years ago, it was a closed country. It was communist, one of the few communist countries that, was, that were left. And he said, no, we are not closed. You're going to open in Jesus' name. And one day, this gate is coming down so that the gospel can go forth in this nation. And he did that every day as a missionary in an adjoining country. Well, you know what happened, don't you? The country opened and the gospel went in. And you will find in just a few weeks, one of our missionaries, Kurt Flagenhoff, from, the, from that uh, great country, of Tur the city of Tirana, Albania, where one of the great Bible schools in the Balkans has been built by this church's partnership with other churches, and we are part of what God is doing. And now New Testament leaders are being trained to make a difference all through that region. And I want to tell you, God wants to open places up. What will you fight for? Be a person who doesn't walk alone. Bring others with you. Hundreds of you have prayed for Bonnie and I over the years and pray regularly for us. You tell us, many of you send notes. There is no way to say thank you. There's no way that we can adequately say. I just want to say to you that, as many of you know, there is an all-out attack against full gospel uh, ministry in, in this region. And the covering of prayer and people fighting for, for the ministry to go forth unimpeded by the stones and the darts that are hurled is what we must do. Thank you for your prayers. You have strengthened and sustained us and been responsible for opening doors that none of us could open alone. Praise God. Fight for victories to happen. Drive through your neighborhood and pray. Drive through the, past the school, drive past the courthouse, drive past the state house, and say, Jesus, open the doors for power to fall in these regions. Open the way for us to see victories happen that only you can bring. And finally, be known for what you are faithful to. As a family, we are going to be known by what we are, by what we are faithful to. The Bible refers to the people who are washed in the blood of Jesus as the bride of Christ. And I just want to remind you that Jesus is coming soon to receive his bride. Can you imagine the expectancy in heaven over the saints coming home 
from all over the world, from every tribe, from every tongue, gathered to heaven to celebrate forever and ever the kingship and the lordship of Jesus Christ. Somebody give him some praise. I'm looking forward to that day. Glory to God. Now, watch Israel. We're praying for Israel. I hope you're praying for Israel because they're under attack and it won't be long and the media will turn and begin to criticize and say they're, they're, you know, on and on how they normally do. When Israel is under attack, the Bible gives very specific instruction about when, how much of that God's going to tolerate. I don't have time to get into that right now, but please note with me, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 1, the Bible says John is on the Isle of Patmos, and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to him through Jesus. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation, glory, and power belong to our God. In verse 6, And then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad. And give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Now fine linen, he says, stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. In other words, living under the blood, not letting any demonic influence affect you, staying clean before Jesus every day, expecting the trumpet to sound every day is how we live. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb, and these are the true words of God. We are called to be faithful. We are called to be faithful to Jesus. We are called to be faithful to his church. We are called to be faithful to the word of God. We are called to be lovers of people. We're called to think on the big things, to see the possibilities instead of the impossibilities. We're here to be people that will pray for our pastor and his family, and uh, to pray for the leaders of this church, the deacons, the, 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 the uh, key leaders, and then the people of God, the family of God, we pray and intercede for all. Now notice Jesus said, I'm coming soon, verse chapter 22, and my reward is with me. I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gate into that city. Don't let anything discourage you or dishearten you. Stay strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Believe his word. Believe everything he said. Say it. Say it back. Quote it back. Say, thank you, Lord, for what you promised. 